Hi there. Welcome to Halfway Saints. Number four. Oh, yeah. Four in a row. Way to go. Do you remember that yeah. from school? Um, I'm Holly. I'm Daniel. Uh, and Daniel's referring to our old high school principal every year. What would we achieve? Um, adequate yearly growth. <laughs> <laughs> it, wasn't, it wasn't that big of an achievement. <laughs> but every year he would say, two in a row, way to go. Three in a row, way to go. And so, here we are, episode four. Episode four. We made, we've made adequate progress, <laughs> or we like to think anyway. We would have whole pep rallies, and the whole school would, cha- would we, chant. In it. high school, not not right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're holding a Gert and family pep rally to get us pumped up to podcast. Right. No, but um, I hope that everybody has survived daylight savings time. Yeah, I hope everyone woke up on time. Didn't miss mass this morning. Oh. I did notice that our mass was a little bit uh, smaller than normal. I, but I was thinking there are a couple of things going on in the archdiocese this weekend. Oh, like the the men's conference yesterday, and then the at the Generation Faith conference today. Oh right, so right. I think that does members. make more sense. I should give more credit to the yeah. So that's throwing <laughs> them under the bus. Maybe, I just was thinking. Maybe they woke up early and went to the early mass. Yes, I bet that's what happened. Or that they went to the places that you said. I was trying to make them feel better. Right, right, right. But um, we did pretty well. We were surprised that Jack actually slept like a normal night last night, even though the daylight savings time uh, usually throws off babies, but not last night, which is great. Mm -hmm. And um, thankfully, it was so beautiful and sunny today. It was. It almost felt like spring. Almost, Almost, if it wasn't melting the 10 inches of snow we got yeah. on Thursday. Right, but it was melting it. There was little rivers going down the road. Signs of spring. Mm-hmm. The thaw. Yeah. You know, march out like, in like a lion, out like a lamb. Mm-hmm. That's um, what they say. <laughs> <laughs> Cheesy. Um, so this week, very exciting, is that um, Jack started crawling. Mm-hmm. We thought that this was going to happen. Well, we actually didn't think that it was ever going to happen because we thought we thought he was going to go straight to walking, to go from sitting to walking because all he ever wants to do is stand up. But this week, he um, finally got the like strength to pull his knees up underneath his body and start taking steps. Mm-hmm. And for a couple of days, it was just he would take like one step and then he would fall on his belly. Or he would take two steps and fall on his belly. And I just noticed that like, he would get up, and he would be very proud of himself, but then he would, like, get scared. And he would be mm-hmm. like, wait, I've never done this before. Back to my belly. That's what I know. He's pretty high off the ground when he's on all fours. I mean, it's pretty different. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just was, like, picking up on that. He um, he didn't – he has this new ability, but he didn't know if he could trust it or not yet. Like, it was – is this good or is this bad? Is mm-hmm. this going to lead me to good or is it going to – you know, change my whole world in this terrible yeah. way. Is it, it's probably better if he just sits there and people carry him around. Exactly. I wish I could do that. I know. Yesterday we were walking through this Italian, like, market down the street, and um, this woman ca- uh, caught me carrying Jack, and she was like, I wish that I could just be carried around. And this older woman next to her was like, those days are over. Until <laughs> uh, you get really old and someone pushes you around in a wheelchair. Yeah, I don't think it's quite the same, though. It's not as uh, sweet. Well. I mean, it can be. Whatever. I'm looking forward to taking you on some nice wheelchair (laughs) rides around town. 
Or you can get matching ones and hold hands and go down hills together. Oh, like this day? We're going to have <laughs> off roading. Awesome, yeah, off roading wheelchairs. With like bike treads. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but that is kind of just a segue to get into our topic for this week is um, trust. You, what? You don't have to tell them it's a segue, it can just be a segue. Okay, well, you know me. You're letting all our secrets out. <laughs> Um, well, then. <laughs> See, I don't know how to do it without... You know what that makes me think of? Oh, Trust. <laughs> <laughs> I'm learning more every day uh, from podcasting. But, yes. So, when Jack was born, I... I was very excited, obviously, but I didn't real... And I knew that there was going to be this huge life change for me. And one thing that Daniel and I were so excited about with having children and are excited excited for having children uh, for our future ones uh, is that it, having a child actually like breaks you down and like like it or not you have to make these decisions um, to sacrifice yourself and put another person before you and so that is our call to holiness and that is what is driving us closer to Christ and uh, we were excited for like something to be in our lives that would force that to happen. So I was kind of I was like prepared for a child bringing up a child to be difficult, but uh, it kind of like hit me a little bit harder than I expected. And so I was dealing a, a lot for like the first six months of just getting like really frustrated and um, feeling really helpless and uh, feeling like anxious about things. And, um, I mean, that's like normal mom stuff. All moms get frustrated. All moms are anxious. All moms worry about this tiny life that's in their hands. You know, it's a, it's a big thing. But what I was just, I was trying to figure out like how I can cope with this so that I wouldn't feel these, you know, powerless things all the time. And I, like most of it was just really getting, um, or it was like manifesting itself in frustration. I was just getting really, really frustrated, and they were. It was just like lasting for too long. These frustrations, and um, I've been trying to figure out what it is what, that's leading me to that, and it's been a journey. But um, I came to realize the, like two weeks ago or so that what it is is that I have not fully entrusted my son in my life to the Lord, and that what I was doing is I was putting on this um, this weight of that I have to be Jesus to Jack, which is true. Like, I am his mother, you know, I'm his, the one to love him, I'm the one to care for him in very much the same way that the father cares for us. And so, you know, I am supposed to show Jack Christ, but I cannot be Christ to Jack, because I am imper imperfect. Ter just, just clarify, imperfect, <laughs> not perfect. I am very much imperfect, and um, <clears throat> I was relying on myself to be this perfect model of what Christ is, and to be just this, like, always loving, always caring, always nurturing, always um, there for him, and, like, completely perfect mother, which I am just not. And I was, uh, every time that I wasn't anything 
close to that, I would get more and more frustrated at myself. And it was because I had not said, like, Jesus, you take this. Jesus, you take control of this situation because I can't do it. And I wasn't trusting him with Jack. Yeah, and you've mentioned that this is typical of all mothers, something all people face. And I think it, a lot of, in a lot of cases it stems from not trusting in the Lord. Um, but the reason that why it comes up with childbirth is that it's, or child rearing, is that it's really hard. Like, yeah. it's something where you, st- you know, just because it's so difficult, you start to doubt all these things that you thought you, um, either you thought you could do them and you think you can't, or you, um, there's some things you're just not good at, you expect right. that you'll be perfect at this, and then it turns out that it's not. So I think for a lot of people, that's um, the first time where they really come up against something that they're not sure they can do it and with and a lot of people waiting you know to have children is is and should be you know the highest point in their life or like one of the highest points in their lives um and when that doesn't turn out perfect that's when we start to to doubt and that trust goes away it wavers yeah like i never i always thought that i trusted my life to the lord you know i in high school i gave my life to christ you know i did that and then um i've had like a you know, pretty full faith experience, especially in the past three years since I've become Catholic, almost four years. Um, But it wasn't until I had Jack where I felt so, like, I felt the need for God so much in my life because I am just, like, babies are so, like, um, unpredictable. They are needy all the time they are um yeah just they're just tough but you have, to, you have to watch them all the time it's true. <laughs> in case you didn't know they're 24 7 uh they are it's true time occupiers um though they are like the the biggest uh blessing that you could ever ask for and just so amazingly awesome but it just challenges you into a really great way in understanding of god yeah, and we should say that children are great. We yeah. love our son, and we love being parents. But um, while you're talking about that, it made me think of um, all the psalms that um, that talk about that that ask for judgment, like "Judge me, O Lord," and like those kind of things. And they seem kind of strange on the surface, but when you think about it, in asking God to judge us and to point out our faults, we're able to. Um, to fix them and to allow God to fix them. Yeah. So it's kind of like an examination of conscience before confession. Like you, these trying times are beneficial because they show you your weak spots. Like mm-hmm. you said, you necessarily may not have necessarily ever known that you have these weak points, but right. through being tried, you can see that this is a place where I need help and you can start working on that. Yeah. And like a couple months ago, I remember I was dealing a lot with, um, vulnerability and b- putting yourself in vulnerable situations, especially with God, because I was finding myself a lot of times I, I will like, so God will reveal himself in this way. And instead of fully listening into what God is going to tell me or God is going to show me, I kind of like cut him off early because I'm so excited to share that with somebody else. And so because I was like dealing with that, um, I talked to a priest and he was like, you really just need to be vulnerable. And I didn't fully understand really up until like right now that being vulnerable 
in that way, like you're just opening yourself up to a, a situation or just a mindset of, I don't know what I'm doing and I need you. And so like having kids is opening yourself up to that and opening yourself up to him, God, um, showing you wondrous things that he can do through you. And so if you close yourself off to trust or if you close yourself off to vulnerability, you miss out on that. And that he really has a lot to teach you if you're, if you're just willing. And the word vulnerable actually comes from the Latin word for wounded. So mm. when we say we're vulnerable, we actually say we're wounded. And it's kind of referring to vulnerable to attack kind of thing. But we also, in order to be healed, you need to know that you are wounded mm-hmm. and have wounds to heal. So you need to be vulnerable in that way. Right. But it's scary. It is scary. To put yourself out there. And I, um, sadly, that's why so many people in this in our culture uh either like wait to have children or just never want children is because it is such an obvious place of vulnerability and where you are put into a situation where trust in something bigger is necessary or else you get lost yeah and i think it's worth going into what we mean by trust because i think it's one of those words because for me trust and hope are kind of tied into one another Hmm. um and those are both words that people kind of throw around like oh, well, I trust that this is going to go my way, or, like, I really hope that they have peanut butter ice cream, you know? <laughs> and it's kind of like a superficial thing, but um, hope is something really valuable and really um, much deeper than than just kind of, like, wishing, I guess right. you could say. Right, right. Um, and um, similarly, trusting in God is... Well, I guess we can get to that later, but, um, so in terms of hope, the best way I've heard hope explained is that it's, um, living in the light of faith. So like living, like you actually believe what you hold in faith. Yeah. So that, you're looking at me kind of funny. Because I'm still processing the words that you said. Right. So you can have faith and say, I believe in all these things, but if you don't live in hope, you don't live them out. It's true. Yeah. Yeah. And, um. Archbishop Chapu, when he came and celebrated Mass um, at our parish, talked about it. He basically said, none of us fully believe in what we say we believe, because if mm. we do, we would behave totally different. It's true. And that I was think, a t- that homily was like, oof. Well, it was good. Too. It was great. I mean, he, was, it was just he so wasn't convicting. saying, he was so good. All, he was applying it to everyone, himself included, not just mm-hmm. us, but like, to truly have hope, what does that mean? It means you really believe, you know, in the resurrection you really right. believe that god whatever is going to happen in your life some good is going to come of it and yeah. when you see god in heaven it's all going to make sense yeah because i think um like for me it was just really scary to come to this realization because okay now i know that i have to trust jack to the lord like god has obviously to- told me hey you're doing this wrong and i have much bigger better things for Jack than you could by like by yourself and so then I have to say okay here you go and it's terrifying because it's like this is a part of me and this is my baby you know it's just such a um I don't want to say the word vulnerable again but it's just so appropriate that it's such a vulnerable um emotion to feel like you're letting something go into into some into someone else's hands even though those hands are gods who are obviously capable and it's kind of fitting that um two weeks ago at mass the old testament reading was abraham bringing isaac up to sacrifice him 
and that takes you know a lot more trust than than I would certainly have you know I don't oh think, yeah I think maybe eventually I'd come around to it but I don't um, know but that kind of brings it to a point I was gonna mention earlier is that having trust in God doesn't always mean that you get what you want like right like having trust in the Lord doesn't mean that you know if we're worried about Jack developmentally like is he ever gonna start walking we say oh we trust in the Lord and it turns out he has a disability and can't walk mm-hmm. that that just means our intentions were misplaced it doesn't mean that God failed us that's right. what I'm trying to get yeah, that yeah. trusting having trust in the Lord isn't a guarantee that you'll get what you want you know it's not like I trust in the Lord that I'm gonna get this job and then you get it. That's right. not how it works. It's it's a much deeper level of trust in that you you trust that the Lord is good and that what he is right. giving you is ultimately going to be good. Right, which um, I have to bring it up again. But uh, the passage from Jeremiah, Jeremiah 29, 11, uh, For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans for welfare, not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me, and I will hear you. You will seek and find me. Um, like what I was saying with giving Jack to God, like he is so capable and so um, able to take him and do good through him. And we have to, yeah, we have to just trust in that, that God has the plans for us and that they are good and they are not bad. And so if we ever have a situation like what Daniel is saying, if, yeah, I think I'm just clarifying what you were just saying. Sorry. I, okay. I tend to just repeat what you say. I probably said it wrong. So. No, no. I just, I think it could go, whatever. Um, but if Jack were to have some disability where he couldn't walk or was, if we had some plan that then went in a different direction, it just means that what we were considering good, God has better than that for us Mm -hmm. and so we have to find we have to readjust our expectation and to um seek okay if this is better then why and if this is leading me closer to him then how and so whenever you you kind of search in that direction you get to one understand uh god a lot better because he's revealing yourself through the situation and two you understand yourself a lot better by letting something go and by freeing yourself into the Lord's will. Yeah, and I'm reminded of, um, in the Psalms a lot, you'll hear, like, the lamentation, like, how long, Lord? Like, how long do we have to suffer? And the Israelites in the desert there. And it seems kind of, kind of, like, whiny, like, oh, how much longer? But it's really profound in that they're saying, I know you will deliver me from this situation. How long do I have to endure it? Mm-hmm. And it's, it's kind of, it's showing your faith and saying, how long? Like, I will endure this. I trust in you. How long will I have to suffer this? Because mm-hmm. it's not, will my suffering ever end? Will I ever find satisfaction in something? It's just, you know, how long is this going to last? I know yeah. it will not last forever. And in the suffering, what can I learn? Mm-hmm. And how can I unite myself better to your will? Mm-hmm. What are you smiling at me for? Because I don't want that to be the end of the podcast. No, I have well, oh, you have more. All right. That's why I take notes. Um, but when you came to me and said you wanted to do a podcast on trust, um, one of the things I thought was trust in marriage. Because mm-hmm. I think that's a situation where you trust another person 
and God simultaneously. It's like all tied up mm-hmm. um, into one. And I've always liked to explain Daniel and my like mission for each other in marriage is that Daniel's job is to get me to heaven, and my job is to get Daniel to heaven. And for some people have it tougher than others. Stop. I mean, you oh. you have it tougher than me. <laughs> Um, no, but that is our, our bow to each other and that Mm. we trust the other to point one to heaven. I get confused with subjects in the middle of sentences sometimes, Mm. but I trust Daniel to point me to heaven. And so when Daniel tells me, Hey, you're on your phone too much, Mm -hmm. which I am, it's a terrible habit of mine, you know, dealing with it. But, um. I know that I need to listen to him and that he is only, he isn't saying that because he's being selfish and wants me to talk to him or, you know, you do, but you're calling me to be a better person and that you're calling me to be closer to God. Mm -hmm. When you say, Daniel, you can't go on that cross country underwear modeling tour. (laughs) I know that you really, you're just worried about me (laughs) and my salvation. It's true. I mean, you've had so many calls from all I the have. modeling People, agencies. Yeah. <laughs> Why is that funny? Why is that ridiculous? It's not. Um, no, but to trust the other person in a marriage to say, um, I put my, not salvation, but kind of, yeah, my salvation in your hands. Well, it's not my salvation, but I trust that you're going to do all that you can, you can to assist me in my... In accepting salvation offered by Jesus. Yes, thank you for clarifying. Um, but to put that responsibility in another person's hands is a huge vulnerability and a huge trust, um, and a huge—I mean, it's a—it's not a weight, but it's a huge um, responsibility to take on in marriage. And that is something that I think a lot of people have to um, understand when going into marriage is that it's there's a lot of lies out there that say that you need to find someone who will accept you for who you are and who will, um, who like you accept as they are and everything ends up like happily ever after. But it's a continual changing of oneself through marriage and that you're continually bettering yourself for the good of the other person and for the good of yourself too. Yeah, and people have some, for some reason, people ask me for relationship advice. <laughs> they think that we know it all yeah. because we've been dating for... Or right, and people always ask me for dating together. advice. I'm like, well, you meet them when you're 15, <laughs> and you never stop dating them. You Take, go on AOL Instant Messenger. Yeah, invite them to the football game. Uh-huh. Get them a Chick-fil-A sandwich for 350 Oh, yeah. That would... If We should go to high school football games and buy... That should be our dinner. Do they? Is it still like $3 for a chicken sandwich? I think so. Why don't we just do that? Why don't we just go to Chick-fil-A? Because they're like $6 there. No, they're not. Yes, they are. Well, I haven't been to a football game that sells Chick-fil-A for a while. I'm so saying. Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Something that comes up, and um, I think in any relationship, this is a big doubt that looms. Um, Like, does this other person really love me? Mm -hmm. Like, why are they interested in me? Why, you know, when are they going to figure it out and, you know, get out of here? Um, But I think in marriage, you... It's always your job to solve a problem. Like, you can never push that off on the other. 
for example, I think what you're trying to say, like for, for me, sometimes I just get in bad moods. And Daniel will remind me that I have the power within myself with how the day will go or how that situation will go. Like if, if I'm in a bad mood because, I don't know, I poured water in my cereal instead of milk. It's happened. It's okay. <laughs> um, then it's up to me if I get like so angry at that that it ruins my entire day. Or if I just brush it off and say it's not a big deal and laugh about it and the rest of the day is fine. Is that what you're trying to say? No. No? Oh, um, sorry. My, what I was going to say is um, it's not – if I'm worried about you loving me sincere, it's not my job to worry about how you're loving me. My job is to love you as well as I can. and to. Oh, that's a much greater point. Yeah. yeah. But no, yours is fine. It's fine. It's just not it's, – yeah. But it's, it's always – it shouldn't um, – my commitment – should never waver even if yours does not that yours particularly does but if you are not loving to me that's not an invitation for me to be unloving to you my commitment to you is permanent because it's a commitment to the lord Mm -hmm. and i think that's i think that's the only way marriage works is for both of you to remember that you've you know committed yourselves to one another in the eyes of the lord right you can't without that I don't see how you wouldn't just constantly be like, "Is she? Does she still love me? Am I gonna do something so wrong? She's gonna divorce me. Div- divorce me. Um, you know, am I gonna screw this up?" But knowing that we are both committed to our marriage itself, sort of, it's hard to explain, but like, it's wrapped up in our commitment to each other, but it's also kind of separate. Like, we're committed to. I'm committed to you, Holly, and to my marriage. Right. Yeah. So that, um, that involves a lot of trust in God and knowing that he is working in this sacrament. He is, um, if there is a problem, you focus on your side of the deal and trust in the Lord. Mm-hmm. Then through this sacrament, through loving your spouse well, whatever problems you have are going to be taken care of. Right. And by your side of the deal, you mean to love, to love me unconditionally. Mm-hmm. Sometimes your side of the deal can sound like your selfish desires, but no, you mean your selfless desires. Yes. Um, and we've talked a lot kind of about like how, uh, the, I guess like the weight of trust and how it's hard to let it go. And it's hard to take that step into trust. But once you're in that, and once you're in a marriage where you are trusting in each other, it is the most freeing experience that you could have because you are doing the best that you can to align yourself into God's will for you and so whenever we are united in that as well it is fully freeing and that I don't have to worry every day if if I get wrinkles are you going to, to stop loving me are you if I I don't know don't shave my legs or something are you going oh, to stop I don't it depends on how long <laughs> that might be the tipping point but um you know, silly things like that I don't have to worry about because I know that you love me and I know that you're going to love me no matter what. And it's in a world where all of those little worries are, is tantamount the right word? I don't know. We got to finish a sentence. Where those worries are tantamount? To what? Usually. Yeah, oh. It's <laughs> not the right Paramount? word. Paramount? There, those uh, emotions of always uh, questioning yourself are what society is telling us all the time. Ever present? Ever present. Persistent. Persistent. All of those things. Okay. Um, except, in a world except 
<laughs> in a culture where those emotions are everywhere and on the surface, it is very freeing to be in a relationship in marriage and with God that uh, gets rid of those. And as a woman, of course, I still struggle with those, but it is a call uh, to holiness within myself to, um, to put those down and say, no, you are worthy even if you don't have makeup on, or you're worthy of Christ's love, even if I can't think of anything except for surface level um, aesthetic. No, well, it's no matter what. No matter what, yeah. yeah. And it also, um, the flip side of that is, is that if you truly trust your spouse and you trust God, you're going to be able to weather the criticisms that come. Right. So if you, or even you can, something that you might perceive as um, like an infringement on your personal liberty, like I'd love to get a motorcycle. You think they're kind of dangerous. I uh, trust. Kind of dangerous. Kind of awesome. Wait, can we take they're a pause? They're awesome. Well, they're awesome because they're a little dangerous. Oh, right. <laughs> but can we take a pause and you explain your motorcycle recurring, recurring dreams? They're not recurring. They have... <laughs> Multiple. Theme themed dreams where the first part of the dream is just a setup to get me on a motorcycle, <laughs> and then the second half of the dream is just me riding around on a motorcycle, just joyriding through the yeah. wherever. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, thank you for sharing that. Oh, we love it. Um, but I know that you're not just like, oh, you don't want me to be working on a motorcycle all the time. You you're worried about my well-being and you love me and you want me to be mm -hmm. here. So having trust enables you to like take those criticisms. So if you say, I don't think you should be doing this anymore, I am. If I don't really trust that you have my best interest at heart, I can clam up and say, she's just trying to change me, that kind of thing. And I think right. that's something I tell people when they're about to get married is that, um, first off, ignore all the dumb jokes about ball and chain oh, and like, no. flush your life goodbye. They're stupid. Stop doing that if you do it. <laughs> Um, but I tell them like if you if this person truly loves you, anything they do for you, any change they instill in you is going to be for the better. Right. Um, so having that trust there helps you to um, take that criticism, really take it to heart, to know that this person loves you and is this is coming from a loving place. And the same with God. You know, sometimes yeah. I'll excuse me, I'll come to realize like. I mean, I've really been screwing this up. Like, you'll go to Mass here, a homily, and you're like, yeah, I get all those things wrong. And you can get, what? Like that Archbishop Chaput. Like arch, the Archbishop comes and tells you how wrong you are. <laughs> um, you can get really down on yourself and say, like, oh, this is so horrible. I'm such a terrible Christian. Um, but knowing that God loves you and trusting in his mercy and his healing love, you're able to to fix that like that's always how like when you come to me and say like oh I've been doing this all wrong like I say that's great because now you can fix it right so um she's you know, coming to the realization right and that trusting that God is good allows you to take these moments where you're down on yourself and use them just to open yourself up to be vulnerable huh where's the week um to make yourself vulnerable and to allow God to to judge you to point out those things like here's where you need help right and then to accept his help in um, fixing this. Yeah, and I think it's hard to put it into language that doesn't sound like we do everything wrong and God tells us, no, that's wrong, do it this way. But it's more a journey into aligning ourselves more into his will. I've said that a couple of times, but I just want to mm -hmm. 
like hit it home. Yeah, and I think a good analogy is like our growth in holiness is closing the gap between our will and God's will. Mm-hmm. Like as we become, you know, more holy through through Christ, that gap between um, what we want to do and what God wants to do gets narrower. Mm-hmm. You know, and you know to be to be a saint is to desire to unite your will with God's. And it, it brings us back to our quote that um, we're halfway saints, the name comes from, where it says... Um, I don't want to be... A halfway saint. I only want to suffer for you. The, it starts off, I, um, the only thing I'm f- afraid of is holding on to my will. Right, so take half, it. Yeah, I don't want to be a halfway saint, I give my all. Yes. Or something similar. Don't email us telling us re- we got it wrong. We know really we got it wrong. To, I have it memorized. I can't remember it right it's now. It's okay. So let's close with an analogy that I was going to mention earlier, but I didn't. So in talking about trust and trusting in the Lord, I like to think of it as the weatherman. So the weatherman says, it's going to be rainy today. Um, bring an umbrella, wear your rain boots, wear a raincoat. It's going to rain all day long. If you hear that and you say, well, I'll bring my rain boots, but I'm also going to pack some other clothes to change into in case it's sunny out. I'm going to bring my shorts. I'm going to bring my beach towel. You're not fully trusting. Why are you giving me a grin? Because I love your analogies. No, I'm so excited for where this is going. Keep going. (laughs) So if you, weatherman tells you it's going to rain, you wear your raincoat, but you also bring your beach stuff too. You're not fully trusting in what the weatherman says. So if we, to fully trust in Christ and fully trust in the promises of God, we can't have that beach towel of doubt. (laughs) (laughs) No, but we have to, you live, um, you live like you really believe that's going to happen. And you give God the authority of your life. Mm -hmm. And you say, okay, like the, the weatherman is a meteorologist. He, he's on TV. He obviously knows what he's talking about. So you can trust him. God is the creator of the universe. He created us. He knows us in and out. He understands us, so of course we. He has the authority to say, "I know better than you," mm-hmm. because I made you. Right, and to persevere, you will understand this in the end. Mm-hmm. Even if it's, even if you have a lot of trials, mm-hmm. even if everyone tells you, um, you like Job. Everyone tells you like you screwed up, mm-hmm. you done goofed. <laughs> <laughs> um, you you persevere and um, you keep that trust. I think something before we end that has to be said is that this translates into the church in that um, you have to give authority to the church. And one thing that I learned while coming into the church was that, like, right when I I uh, was received, I didn't, I didn't fully understand the Marian doctrine. I didn't understand Mary, but I was like, okay, church, you're right about everything else, so I guess you're right about that, and I'll get it later. And there are a lot of things where I, I'm like, okay, I don't get it now, but I'll get it later. But I'm still giving the authority to the church, and I'm not doubting the church. I'm saying, you know better than me, so I'm going to learn, learn how to get it. Right. Yeah, and I think trust can go the same way. Like, I'm not sure about this, but I'm going to live my life life this way. Mm-hmm. So you can, you know, you can bring, you can put on your raincoat and say, like, I don't, I'm not sure if it's going to rain all day, but I'm doing it anyway. Because you told me to. Right. Well. And because you told me true, and you are trustworthy, you are yeah. That's the point. Is that yeah. you are the authority because Christ gave the church the authority to right. do these things, and God has authority of Himself. Ex- exactly. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. So there you go. There we go. Trust. I hope everybody learned something today about trust. Oh, I pray someone learned something. <laughs> um, 
just because this has been a, a really um, sanctifying experience for me in parenthood and learning how to trust. Um, and I just think that it was hard for me to understand the day-to-day what trusting God every day looks like. And it's been a process. I mean, it's, it's still pretty fresh. I only realized this like two weeks ago. Um, but my life with Jack has been so much more freeing and happy and joyful because of it, because I've really fully entrusted him to God. Um, and I just encourage everyone, if you are dealing with something that you don't really understand, just to persevere and to trust that God really does have good for you. Yeah. So thank you everyone for listening. If you have any feedback, any anything you loved, anything you hated, send us an email at halfwaysaintspodcast at gmail.com or if you have a topic that you think would be interesting mm-hmm. for us to talk about was this one did someone suggest trust yeah shout out to mary grace there we go um thank you for this topic so email and suggest a topic and we'll try not to butcher it too bad too bad too bad but um yeah send us emails we love getting emails mm-hmm. um we forward them to each other even though we both check them <laughs> um follow us on twitter at halfway underscore saints mm-hmm. like us on facebook and if you get a chance, rate us on iTunes. Um, it helps make us more visible. More people can see us. Mm-hmm. More people will listen to us. And, and tell your friends about us. Tell all your friends. All your friends. <laughs> um, but I hope you have a great week. We'll be here next week. Bye. Bye, everyone. <laughs>